You're listening to the Mutual Audio Network. Have a good day. The following audio drama is rated G, which means it's safe for families and folks of all ages. Enjoy. It's time once again for America's favorite show, The Radio Adventures of Dr. Floyd. Brought to you by DrFloyd.com. The following episode of The Radio Adventures of Dr. Floyd was recorded on July 22, 2007 in front of a live audience at the Colony Theater in Burbank, California. Welcome to The Radio Adventures of Dr. Floyd Live! We begin this week in the lair of that no-good nincompoop, Dr. Steve and his sucks-shaped assistant, Fidget. We find the two baddies in their secret lair deep in Saddle River City, where Dr. Steve is no doubt coming up with a dastardly sinister plan. Fidget, I've just come up with a dastardly sinister plan. Yes, today is July 22nd. On July 22nd, 1933, Wiley Post became the first pilot to fly fly solo around the entire world. Yes, he'd flown around the world once before with a navigator, but the next time he did it, he only used a compass and an autopilot device made by the Sperry Gyroscope Company to aid him. We are going to make a time jump back to Brooklyn, New York, and be there when he lands his plane. Then we'll swipe that autopilot device out of his plane, return it to present day, and sell it on eBay. Ha ha ha. Um, you know that thing of lying in a army, right? Oh no, Fidget. There's no way that Dr. Floyd will be able to stop me this time. I've seen to that, thanks to the little dastardly sinister plan that you and I put into action yesterday. <laughs> Quick, to the time and spaceship! Dr. Steve has come up with some crackpot caper to prevent Dr. Floyd from catching wind of his latest criminal contrivance. As the two sinister scamps scamper off to their ship, let's check in with our brilliant hero, the world's most brilliant scientist, Dr. Floyd! His young protege, Dr. Grant. And their faithful robot companion, Chips. We find Dr. Floyd, Dr. Grant, and Chips in Dr. Floyd's secret laboratory, where Dr. Floyd is frantically pacing back and forth. Uh, Time check, please, Dr. Grant. It's uh, 3.30 p.m., Dr. Floyd. 3.30? Dagnabbit, this waiting is driving me crazy. Oh, what are you waiting for? Dr. Floyd. Don't you know what day it is, Chips? It's July 22nd. Yes, and? It's the day after July 21st. Yes, and? Uh, Chips, July 21st was one of the most important days in the history of history. Oh, must not say it. Can't resist. Yes, and? (laughs) On July 21st, 2007, the seventh and final Harry Potter book was released. Oh, yes, that's right. Yes, and even though Dr. Floyd pre-ordered his copy of the new Harry Potter book, it has yet to be delivered. Oh, my! Yes, and they promised release date delivery. Oh, when that super soggy parcel service delivery guy gets here, he's going to get a piece of my... Aha, here he is now. You're late. 
Uh, yeah, we had two new guys loading the trucks for us yesterday, and they took forever to do it. It was weird, because one of the guys was sort of shock-shaped and... Never mind the excuses. Give me my book. Yeah, I need you to sign here, please. Okay, okay. And here? Uh, okay. And here? Okay. And initial here? All right. And sign here, please. Oh, just fill in the rest yourself. Now, good day. Uh, did, did the door slam? I didn't... Oh, there we go. It's here. I can't believe it. Let me get it open here. Finally, I'll know what happens to Harry Potter. Nothing could possibly stop me from reading this entire book right this very moment. And uh, Dr. Floyd? The president could call and ask me to solve some gigantic problem facing the country, and I'd say Dr. no. Dr. Floyd, I, I need If you, you told me the sun exploded, I'd spend those last eight minutes reading this glorious, glorious book. Nothing, and I mean nothing, could keep me from reading this whole thing right now. Dr. Stephen Fidget have just made a time jump. Oh. What? They've made a jump to Brooklyn, New York, on July 22nd, 1933. We've got to go after them. No, you two go after them. I'm going to go nowhere but my comfy chair with a cup of tea and this book. But, Dr. Floyd, you have to go with us. Yes, it's always the three of us. We always watch each other's backs. Well, take Tim with you. You mean our red-shirted expendable crewman, Ensign Tim Perary? Yeah, he needs something to do since flight attendant Christy is off at yoga training learning new ways to torture us during fitness time. No, but Dr. Floyd, if we take Ensign, Ensign Perary with us on a mission, he may not come back. He is expendable, after all. He'll come back. This is a kid show. You think we'd actually bump off a character even if he is expendable? Well... Quit yapping and get after Dr. Steve. He's probably just trying to steal Wiley Post's autopilot device from his airplane. You should be able to stop him easy. Now get out of here. I need some peace and quiet. Oh, all right. Go get Ensign Prairie, Dr. Grant, and meet me at the ship. As Dr. Floyd heads to his favorite chair and Dr. Grant and Chips make preparations to chase, chase after Dr. Steve... Let's go to the coincidentally named Floyd Bennett Airfield in Brooklyn, New York. The date is July 22nd, 1933, and 50,000 people have turned out to watch Wiley Post soar into the record books as the first pilot to fly solo around the world. Look at all these people, Fidget. We'll have no trouble swiping Wiley Post's autopilot device. We'll just meet him at the end of the runway in these crudely made mechanic disguises. Suddenly, the crowd lets up a cheer as Wiley Post's plane comes into view. Listen, Fidget, you can hear Wiley's plane. He's coming in now. He's having a little engine trouble, it sounds like. Oh, he's landing. Uh, oh, there's a duck on the runway. What? Uh, oh, he missed him. It's okay. Uh, come on, Fidget. He's landed. Dr. Steve and Fidget race over to Wiley Post's airplane, the Winnie May. Welcome back, Mr. Post. Oh, there's no time for pleasantness. What time is it? It's uh, 11.50 p.m., sir. Hot dog! Made it in seven days, nine hours. I beat my old record by 21 hours. Plus, you achieved the first solo round-the-world flight. How was your trip? Well, it would have gone by a lot quicker if there'd been a movie to watch on board. And I have to say that since it was just me on the plane, the beverage service was awful. But still, it wasn't bad. How'd that new autopilot device work out? Oh, like a dream. Let me tell you, on my last flight, I had a navigator with me, Harold Gaddy. 
he's a nice enough guy and all, but it was just a such a relief to be on my own this time. I mean, <laughs> how many times can you hear 99 bottles of beer on the wall? Oh, once is twice too many, if you ask me. But anyway, I'm sure that seeing as you've set a record in this plane, the autopilot device you used would fetch a lot of money from aviation buffs, huh? Oh, I guess so. Why? Oh, no reason. <laughs> Why don't you go meet your adoring public while we steal, uh, I mean prep your plane for the night? Oh, that'd be great. Thanks. Wiley Post goes to shake hands with some of the 50,000 people who've come to see him, while Dr. Stephen Fidgert get to work removing the autopilot device from the Winnie Mae. Meanwhile, Dr. Grant and Chips have just landed in 1933, along with their red-shirted expendable crewman, Ensign Tim Perary. Thanks for asking me to come along, sir. Hip! Don't mention it, Tim. It's good to have you here. Yes, just be careful. We wouldn't want anything to happen to our favorite expendable crewman, right, Dr. Grant? That's right, Chips. How are we going to stop Dr. Steve, sir? Hip! I don't know. He could be anywhere in all these people. We need to find a way to draw him out into the open. Oh, look! They're setting up a microphone so Wiley Post can make a speech. <gasps> that gives me an idea. We can use Dr. Steve's need for public attention against him. Well, how will we do that? No, oh, we'll write Wiley Post's speech for him and compliment Dr. Steve in it. That will draw him out into the open and then we'll know where he is. That's quick thinking, Chips. Ensign Perary, take this pencil and paper and write down everything I dictate to you. Yes, ma'am, sir. Hip. As Chips begins to dictate the speech to Tim Perary, let's turn our attention to the cockpit of the Winnie Mae, just where Dr. Steve and Fidget currently are. And that's the last bolt, Fidget. The autopilot device is mine. I'll just put it in my rucksack here and we'll get back to the ship. Ooh, this is such a brilliant plan. And there's been no sign of Dr. Floyd. We're home free. <laughs> Dr. Steve and Fidget have Wiley Post's autopilot device. Will they make it back to the future and be able to sell it on eBay? Will Chip's speech ideal work? And just where is Dr. Floyd in his reading of Harry Potter? I'm halfway there. Oh, come on, Harry. This book is so good. Find out when the radio adventures of Dr. Floyd continues after this brief message. Okay, kids, listen up. It's time for the radio adventures of Dr. Floyd Imagination Nation secret message. Remember that only true Imagination Nation Rangers can decode the secret message using their secret decoder ring from their Ranger kit. Okay, get out your decoder rings and a pencil and paper. Here we go. 16, Ooh. 7, Ooh. 15, Ooh. 14, Ooh. 7, Ooh. 17, Ooh. 23, Ooh. 25, Ooh. 5, Ooh. Three, four, seven, seventeen, eight, eight, twenty-five, eight. That was the message from Dr. Floyd himself to become an imagination nation, become an imagination nation ranger, please. Visit www.imaginationranger.com or visit the concession stand in the lobby. Now, back to our show.
When we thank you. When we last saw, uh, when we left, left, left Dr. Grant, Chips, and Ensign Temporary, they had traveled back in time to July twenty second, nineteen thirty three, to prevent Dr. Steve from stealing the autopilot device from Wiley Post's airplane. Did you write down everything Chips said, Tim? Yes, sir. Hip. Okay, read it back to me. Yes, sir. Hip. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, hip. I'd like to thank all of you for coming out to welcome me home. Hip. It truly makes me feel like a hero, too. Oh, oh, we don't have enough time for that. Here comes Wiley Post now. Uh, excuse me, Mr. Post. Oh, that's me, world-famous pilot. Oh, we figured you'd be pretty tired after your flight, so we thought we'd write a little speech for you to give to the crowd so you wouldn't have to think about what to say. <laughs> Why, thank you. That was very thoughtful of you. I'll go read it now. Our heroes follow Wiley, who gets up on a tiny makeshift stage in front of all the assembled fans, who give him an uproarious applause. Oh, 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 thank you, thank you. I've prepared a little brief speech here. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, hip, I'd like to thank all of you for coming out to welcome me home, hip. It truly makes me feel like a hero to see so many people here who care about the world of aviation. Hip. Uh, Mr. Post, don't say the hips. Oh, okay. Uh, <clears throat> as daring as this flight was to accomplish, I couldn't, I mean, I couldn't not have done it without the help of two amazing individuals. And those two individuals are my ground crew here in Brooklyn, Dr. Steve and Fidget. Where, where are they? Let, let's hear it for them. Dr. Steve and Fidget are stunned to hear their names. But Dr. Steve cannot refuse the limelight and makes a beeline to the stage. Yes, thank you. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Hush, Fidget, hush. Excuse me. I, I have to finish my speech. Oh, of course. Please continue about how great I am. <clears throat> to continue, my grand crew of Dr. Steve and Fidget are such swell guys that they made the offer that on the completion of my flight around the world, they'd give everyone here at the field tonight a dollar. Yes, yes, thank you. I am that fantastic. I, wait, wait a minute, what? Uh, well, you guys are so generous. There must be about 50,000 people here. That's $50,000. Uh, but I don't have any money. Oh, really? Well, then, what's that big rucksack for? Oh, this? Oh, this is just the autopilot device that we stole from your airplane. What? Hey, give me that back. Look, you guys, but you better start getting out your dollar bills. This crowd is looking angry. Um, what are we going to do? Well, the only thing we can do in a situation like this, Fidget, run, Fidget, run! After him, he didn't pay us our dollar. As the angry crowd chases Dr. Stephen Fidget, Wiley Post returns his autopilot device to his plane, and Dr. Grant, Chips, and Ensign, Chips and Ensign Temporary return to Dr. Floyd's secret laboratory in present day. Well, I see Ensign Temporary made it back safely. Yeah, you were right, Dr. Floyd. We didn't lose him after all. It's great to be back, sir. Hip. At ease, Ensign. Thank you, sir. Hip, 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 hip. Well. How was the Harry Potter book, Dr. Floyd? Oh, it was fantastic. At the end, Harry was able to get back home to Auntie M and Uncle Henry by clicking his magic slippers together. 
What? Yeah, it was kind of sad that he had to leave Ron, Hermione, and Neville, especially since they'd just been given their brain, heart, and courage by the wizard. Uh, Dr. Floyd, that's not Harry Potter. Uh, that's the Wizard of Oz. What are you talking about? Of course it's Harry Potter, see? Uh, Dr. Floyd, someone put a copy of the Wizard of Oz in a Harry Potter dust jacket. You've been duped! Dag nabbit! I wonder why everyone kept calling him, kept calling Harry Dorothy. I wonder who, who could have done such a dastardly, sinister plan. We know the answer to that question, don't we, dear listener? It could only be the work of the evil mastermind currently sleek, slinking into his secret hideout. Well, Fidget, we may have failed in getting Wiley Post's autopilot device, but at least we have Dr. Floyd's copy of Harry Potter. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to read the last page and spoil the ending for everyone. <clears throat> Harry looked around the leaky cauldron. He tapped his feet to the song playing on the jukebox as he popped an onion ring into his mouth. He smiled across the table at Hermione and Ron as the three sat and waited for Neville to parallel park his broom outside. As he chewed on yet another onion ring, Harry looked up as the bell on the door signaled someone's arrival. Then... Well, that's it. The next page is blank. What a jip. This is a horrible ending. How dare J.K. Rowling do this to her fans? Dr. Steve throws the book across the room. As Dr. Steve pouts from ultimately being foiled again, we shall take our leave. What evil plans will Dr. Steve come up with next? Will Dr. Floyd be able to prevent those evil plans from coming to fruition? And how does Dr. Floyd feel now that he's realized he hasn't really read the new Harry Potter book? Man, I really like those winged monkeys too. This stinks. Find out next time on the radio adventures of Dr. Floyd. Episode number SE013 of The Radio Adventures of Dr. Floyd featured Dan Class as the narrator, www.thebitterestpill.com, Brian Kennedy as the delivery guy, Maura Quirk as Chips, www.mauraquirk.com, Ken Greenwald as Wiley Post, and members of the audience as our sound effects technicians and sign holders. Special thanks to Jen Messina and Barbara Holiday. This episode was recorded live at the Colony Theater in Burbank, California on July 22, 2007. The show featured special musical guest Zach Morgan at www.zachland.com. That's www.zaklan.d.com. Be sure to visit drfloyd.com. That's www.doctorfloyd.com. This episode of the Radio Adventures of Dr. Floyd is copyright 2007, Dr. Floyd Industries, all rights reserved. Hey, Fidget. Yeah? Did you see this article about the guy who bartered an iPhone for sponsorship of his podcast? No. Yeah, he said he would trade sponsorship of an episode of his podcast for the price of an iPhone. Yeah. Oh, yes, it did work. In fact, he's got two iPhones so far. No way. Way. So I began thinking, what if we were to do that? Uh.
But we'll do it even better. I'd like to offer sponsorship of three episodes of the Radio Adventures of Dr. Floyd, complete with the cast doing custom commercials for your product or service, a complete Radio Adventures of Dr. Floyd autographed CD library, a year membership in the Imagination Nation, and a -a one-of-a-kind handmade fidget replica doll, all for the price of an iPhone. If you're interested in this little barter, send an email to me at drsteve at drfloyd.com. That's D-R-S-T-E-V-E at D-O-C-T-O-R-F-L-O-Y-D dot com. Oh, it'll work, Fidget. And when it does, I might let you look at my new iPhone. But you can't touch it. <laughs> One... Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. There! That's how long twenty seconds are. The Center for Disease Control recommends you wash your hands for at least twenty seconds as often as possible. We don't think about it a lot, but more germs are transmitted by the hands than by any other source. So keep them clean. Soap and water for 20 seconds, and you'll help prevent the spread of COVID-19. And maybe some other nasty stuff as well. This was a public service announcement from the Mutual Audio Network.